Hello, and thank you for listening to this Minutes with Maurice podcast. Our focus today is on the the long and successful career of Lucille Ball. Lucille Desiree Ball was born on August 6, 1911. She became an American actress, comedian, and producer. Born at 60 Stewart Avenue in Jamestown, New York, she was the daughter of Henry Jarrell Ball and Desiree Evelyn Dede Ball. Her family belonged to the Baptist Church. Some of Lucille's ancestors were among the earliest settlers in the 13 colonies. Her father's career as a Bell Telephone lineman frequently transferred him and his family to new locations during Lucy's childhood. They moved from New York to Anaconda, Montana, to Trenton, New Jersey, and in February 1915 to Wyandotte, Michigan. It was there. Her father died of typhoid fever at age 27. Lucille was only three years old. Her mother was pregnant with her second child at the time. Fred Henry Ball was born in 1915. Lucy recalled little from the day her father died except a bird getting trapped in the house. Her lifelong ornithophobia was a result of the trapped bird. When Ball's mother returned to New York, Lucy's grandparents helped raise her and brother Fred. Four years after her father's death, her mother married Edward Peterson, while Dee Dee and Edward worked in another city. His parents cared for Lucy and Fred. The star step-grandparents were a puritanical Swedish couple. They permitted only one mirror in the house, and it was in the bathroom. When young Ball was caught admiring herself, she was severely admonished for being vain. At the age of 12, Lucy auditioned for a place in the chorus line for a Shiner's show. On stage, she realized performing was a great way to gain praise and her appetite for recognition was awakened. In 1925, Ball, then only 14, started dating Johnny DeVita, a 21-year-old local hoodlum. After about a year, her mother tried to separate them by nurturing Lucy's desire to be in show business. Despite the family's meager finances, she enrolled Ball in the John Anderson School for Dramatic Art, where Betty Davis was a fellow student. Ball's instructors felt she would not be successful and did not hesitate to tell her to her face. She was determined to 
prove her teachers wrong and returned to New York in 1928, where she began working for Hattie Carnegie as an in-house model. Her acting forays were still at an early stage when she became ill with rheumatic fever, and she was unable to work for two years. Now 21 years old in 1932, she moved back to New York City to resume her pursuit of an acting career, where she supported herself modeling and as the Chesterfield Cigarette Girl. She began using the name Diane Belmont and started getting chorus work on Broadway, but it didn't last. In 1933, she moved to Hollywood, determined to appear in films. Her first credited or recognized role came in 1936 in the movie Chatterbox. She also appeared in several Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers musicals and as one of the featured models in the 1935 movie Roberto. In 1937, she played an aspiring actress alongside Ginger Rogers in the film Stage Door. In 1940, Lucy appeared as the lead in the musical Too Many Girls. That was where she met and fell in love with Desi Arnaz. Ball picked up radio work to some Implement her income and gain exposure. In 1942, she starred opposite Henry Fonda in The Big Street. In the next six years, Ball appeared in a variety of musicals and mystery plays. She played a wacky wife in the CBS radio comedy My Favorite Husband. It was successful and CBS asked her to develop it for television. She agreed, but insisted on working with her, by then, real-life husband, Cuban band leader, Desi Arnaz. Lucy and Desi, by then, had established their own production company, named Desi Lou Productions. Because CBS was unimpressed with the pilot episode, Desi and Lucy went on the road with the vaudeville act in which Lucy played the goofy housewife. Since it was such a great road success, CBS put I Love Lucy in their lineup. The show not only made Lucy a star, it provided a means of saving her marriage to Desi. Their hectic schedules decreased, and Desi's womanizing stopped. But in 1960, they were divorced, and Lucy bought out Desi's share of Desi Loot Productions. She was the first woman to head a TV production company. She taught a 32-week comedy workshop and was quoted as saying, You cannot teach somebody comedy. Either they have it or not. 
Sponsor of I Love Lucy, Philip Morris, pressured them to televise the show on the East Coast to mitigate the different West Coast time zone. They agreed with that agreement, but they would retain the right to post first broadcasts. CBS agreed, not realizing they were giving up a vaudeville asset In 1957, CBS bought back the rights for $1 million. Incredibly, it would be $9.21 million in today's terms. Desilu produced several other popular shows, such as The Untouchables, Star Trek, and Mission Impossible. Lucy sold her shares of Desi Liu, to Golf and Western for $17 million in 1967. That $17 million would be $132 million today. During the 1960s and 1970 decades, Ball acted in Broadway shows, TBS shows, movies, and sitcoms. She made the song, Hey, Look Me Over, famous when she performed with Paula Stewart on The Ed Sullivan Show. Her Here's Lucy show ran from 1968 to 1974 and included real-life children Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz, Jr., Ball became a friend and mentor to Carol Burnett, and they guested on each other's shows. A chapter in her life created major difficulties for Lucy. In 1936, she listed her political party affiliations as communist, as did her brother and mother. To sponsor the Communist Party's 1936 candidate for the California State Assembly's 57th District, Ball signed a certificate stating, I am registered and affiliated with the Communist Party. In 1937, Hollywood writer Rene Vale, a self-inflicted communist testified before the U.S. House of Representatives Special House Un-American Activities Committee that Ball had loaned her house for a Communist Party new member class. On September 4, 1953, Ball voluntarily met with White House investigator William A. Wheeler in Hollywood and gave him sealed testimony. Her testimony was eventually forwarded to J. Edgar Hoover on an FBI memorandum. It was decided a review of the subject's file reflected no activity that would warrant her inclusion on the security index. Desi was quoted as saying, 
The only thing red about Lucy is her hair, and even that is not legitimate. On July 17, 1951, less than three weeks prior to her 40th birthday, Ball gave birth to Lucy Desiree Arnaz. Eighteen months later, she gave birth to her second child, Desiderio Alberto Arnaz IV, known as Desi Arnaz Jr. Before he was born, Ball and Arnaz wrote the pregnancy into the show. CBS insisted that a pregnant woman not be shown on television, nor could the word pregnant be spoken on air. They insisted expecting be used instead of pregnant. Desi pronounced it spectum. The episode aired on the evening of January 1953, with 44 million viewers watching Lucy Ricardo welcome little Ricky. The same day Ball really delivered her second child, Desi Jr., and the birth made the cover of the first issue of TV Guide for the week of April 3rd to the 9th, 1953. Ball was adamantly against the relationship her son had with Patty Duke. Later, when her son dated Liza Minnelli, she was quoted as saying, I miss Liza, but you cannot domesticate Liza. On March 3, 1960, Ball filed papers in Santa Monica Superior Court claiming married life with Desi Arnaz a nightmare and nothing at all as it appeared on I Love Lucy. On May 4, 1960, the couple divorced, but remained friends and after spoke very fondly of each other until his death in 1986. On April 18, 1989, Ball complained of chest pain at her home in Beverly Hills. She was taken to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles where she was diagnosed with an aortic aneurysm and underwent surgery to repair her aorta. Shortly after dawn on April 26th, she awoke with severe back pain, lost consciousness, and died at 5.45 a.m., at the age of 77. She had succumbed to a ruptured abdominal aortic aneurysm not directly related to the, her surgery. A greater incidence of aortic aneurysm is seen in cigarette smokers, and she had been a heavy smoker most of her life. Ball was a recipient of root honors, and many prestigious awards throughout her career and posthumously. 
She has too many to discuss on this podcast, but she has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Recognition as a Kennedy Center Honors recipient and posthumously the Presidential Model of Freedom from President George H.W. Bush on July 6th, 1989. The Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz Museum and Center for Comedy is in Ball's hometown of Jamestown, New York. On August 6, 2001, the United States Postal Service honored what would have been her 90th birthday with a commemorative postage stamp as part of its Legends of Hollywood series. In 2015, it was announced that Ball would be played by Kate Blanchett in an untitled biographical film to be written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Subsequently, Nicole Kidman was hired to portray Ball when Sorkin's film entitled Being the Ricardos was produced in 2021. Thank you for listening to this Minutes with Maurice podcast as the life and times of Lucille Ball was reviewed. Be sure to click on forward to listen to the next podcast when we delve into the life of our beloved Carol Burnett. Until then, I am Maurice St. Germain.